Greetings, fellow Agapians, and to all of you who are joining us online. Happy Easter to all of you. Trust that all of you are keeping up well and playing your part to flatten the curve. Now, the past month or so has been challenging on many different levels for many of us. Um, you know, as much as we have to practice social distancing, you know, aren't we grateful that we need not practice spiritual distancing? And as much as we're going to tune in online for the church online experience, may I remind all of us here that, you know, it's more than just an online experience, but it is a spiritual encounter right at our homes. Now, in line with the theme that we have set for this year's Easter, Hope Equals to Jesus, I've entitled my message, When Hope Walks Into the Room. When Hope Walks Into the Room. Allow me to draw your attention to Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 to 19. Now, Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, and on the way he took the twelve and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Right here in this passage, Jesus was preparing the hearts of his disciples for both his death and resurrection. But yet scriptures record the disciples living in fear after Jesus' death. We can see that in John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. I want you to imagine for all right now, if newspapers were to be in existence in those days, the headlines would probably go along the lines of the self-proclaimed Messiah put to death, or maybe it could be the disciples turned covered. But now I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the disciples of Jesus. Imagine that you are the disciples. I mean, who could blame them for living in fear? Who could blame them for feeling terrified? I mean, think about this. As much as they have seen Jesus perform miracles after miracles, as much as they have been with Jesus throughout an extended period of time, to them, fear was still fear. Death was still death. And when Jesus died, all their hopes of uniting the people and driving out the Romans, it all just vanished. And just like this, a silent killer has stepped into their homes in the form of fear, anxiety, and disbelief. You know, just a food for thought, is there a silent killer right now in your life at this season? It could be in the form of anxiety, disbelief, fear. You know, likewise, if we are not careful, we can allow the silent killer to be right at our doorsteps. If you've been paying attention to the media and the news for the past few months or so, and if we only subscribe to what the media has to say and just pay attention only to the statistics, the silent killer could be right at your doorsteps. But I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not saying don't read the news, don't tune into media. Neither am I undermining the seriousness of the statistics. But what I'm trying to say here is that we must not allow the silent killer to be right at our doorsteps. 
or else it will diminish our hope. You know, because that's what happened to the disciples of Jesus. Their focus was on the death of Jesus and not the resurrection. If you go back to the, to the scriptures, Matthew chapter 20, Jesus told the disciples about his death, but at the same time, he talked about the resurrection that is to come. And just like this, the disciples lost their focus. And this is a prime example of allowing circumstances to distort the promises of God. This is a prime example of allowing the circumstances around us to overshadow the promises of God. And this is a prime example of magnifying the wrong focus. Because what we magnify fortifies. We can either magnify fear or we can magnify faith. And if we magnify fear, fear will be fortified. But on the other hand, if we magnify faith, faith will be fortified. And by the way, fear does not lead us to hope, but faith does. And it is in times like this, we need to fix our focus on the one who has the power to silence the silent killer. And this is where we need to fix our eyes on the hope giver instead, on Jesus and allow him and allow hope to walk into our room and into our houses. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus was saying this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Two things we can be certain of right here. Trouble, hope. But in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, Scripture talks about how when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flames will not set you ablaze. And there is a promise right here that God will journey with us through the water and through the fire. So the question is, how then do we respond as people of hope? Very quickly, three points I want to share with you. The first thing is we can anchor ourselves in the unchanging promises of God. Can you bring into remembrance the promises of God in your life? Jeremiah chapter, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Maybe it's Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2, when you go through the water and go through the fire, God says, I will be with you. Maybe it's about not leaving you, not forsaking you. What sort of promises are you clinging on today? How does it give you hope? I want you to know, church, that God is the altar of your life. He is the altar of your family, and He is still writing your story for His glory. So what makes you think that our good, good Father will forsake us in this season? Just because there is silence does not mean that God is absent. The second thing we can do as people of hope is this. We can proclaim the goodness of God. You and I, we might have experienced some form of setback as a result of COVID-19. Maybe, you know, your daily routines are interrupted. Maybe your business is affected. Maybe your studies and the plans that you have made months down the road it has been thwarted. When it comes to this, 
I want to be very real with you and share something personal with you. Um, it has hit both my fiance Felicia and I really hard in this season. Uh, as some of you may know that we are plan- planning to tie the knots in the month of May. And as a result of COVID-19, a lot of things are uncertain. We are unable to plan what's next. And uh, you know, the most frustrating thing about this is that we actually have 90% of the preparations set in place. Committees form, everyone knows what is required of them. Uh, We are already looking into things like, you know, renting of houses, honeymoon plans and whatnot. And all of a sudden, it catches us off guard. As a result of all of this, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of fear. There are a lot of doubts. Uh, There was a time I remember I was at home and all of a sudden, I had this panic attack whereby I was thinking, what am I going to do? What, how long will I postpone the wedding? And, you know, I need to make other arrangements along the way. And as a result, a lot of things are affected. Now I ask myself, do I have a right to complain? The answer is yes. Do you have a right to complain when your plans are affected? When you have worked so hard and set everything in place, and yet all of a sudden, it catches you off guard. Do you have a right to complain? The answer is yes. But is now the time to complain? No. Now is the time to proclaim the goodness of God. I'm not saying it as if like, you know, it is a Christian thing to say. But what I'm trying to say is that in this season, we need to see through the lens of faith and realize that God is faithful nonetheless. Just because there is a circumstances, there are circumstances in your life right now that is appearing in front of you, it does not distort the promises of God in your life. And maybe we need to consider this as well. Maybe God wants our attention through this interruption. What is God speaking to you today? Could it be that He's asking us to place our hope and trust in Him? I want to introduce to you a song. It is entitled Goodness of God by Better Music. And this song has been an anthem for this season in my life. It just reminds me of how good, how faithful God has been in my life. And uh, I'm praying that as you listen to the lyrics of this song, that you will allow this song to minister to you. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Because all my life you have been faithful. Because all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing. Of the goodness of God I love your voice You have carried me through the fire In darkest night You are close like no other I know you as a father I know you as a friend Oh, I have lived in the goodness of God.
And just this song, it has helped me through the season that the same God who has carried me through the seasons will continue to be the same God that will carry me through the seasons to come. And I am praying as you allow this song to minister to you, as you allow this message to minister to you, that you will proclaim the goodness of God over your life, your family, your children, your children's children, that God will turn this setback that you have experienced because of COVID-19 and turn it into a comeback in Jesus' name. I am praying that wherever you are seated right now in the house, that faith will arise, that hope will arise in Jesus' name. The final thing that we can do as people of hope is for us to get into the right posture because posture determines composure. Now, the disciples' posture stem out of fear and that is why they lock themselves back in the house. What is our posture in this season? Is it a posture of praise, a posture of worship, a posture of prayer, a posture that beams out hope? What is our posture? And what will you do while you wait for deliverance in this season? I want to share very quickly with you a powerful illustration by Louis Giglio that talks about how our posture matters how we might be just 20 inches away from mercy, 20 inches away from where we are right now to the possibility of God saying, I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And that 20 inches is basically from the position of your knee to the ground. When we are humble enough to fall on our knees and to ask God for mercy, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 talks about, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I wonder if you are willing to travel that 20 inches journey to fall on your knees, to fall at the feet of Jesus in this Easter season for all that is at stake. You and I both know we cannot be physically present at the front line with the medical personnel. But the least that we can do is to be spiritually present with prayer and intercession right at our homes. And that is the hope that we cling on to. I want to close today's message with a laser focus on the resurrection of Jesus. You see, the disciples, they were gripped by the silent killer of fear. But when Jesus appeared and walked into the room, when Jesus appeared before his disciples, everything shifted. Hope was present. Hope walked into the room. And it is the resurrection of Jesus that broke the chains of fear and gave the disciples hope, bonus to advance his kingdom. Just like this, from someone living in fear to someone living for the glory of God. And what a turnaround it has been. So I wonder what are you hoping for in this season? I trust that we are hoping for the same thing. We are hoping to have a cure, to have an end to this pandemic. But allow me to say this, there is a distinctive difference between the worldly hope and the biblical hope. The worldly hope says, I hope for this pandemic to come to an end. But guess what? 
the biblical hopes proclaims, I know without a shadow of doubt, this pandemic will come to an end because my God is bigger, my God is greater, and my God holds the world within the palm of His hands. And that's the biblical hope that we cling on to, Jesus. I can assure you that the days ahead could be tough, but Scripture says those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They will rise on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be famed. So all across your homes, let's just lift our hands and surrender our hearts to the risen King and acknowledge that Jesus is our source of hope and to allow Jesus, to allow hope to walk into the room. It is because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross that conquered death and gave us life. We can ground, anchor, and place our hope in Christ Jesus. And let this be the narrative for this season. Because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross that has conquered death and gave us life, we can ground, anchor, and place our hope in Christ Jesus. Some may trust in chariots, some may trust in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is risen and who is more alive than ever. Amen. Allow me to pray with you as we close in prayer. Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, for everyone that is tuning in right now, everyone that is listening to your word. Lord, we come before you, O God, humbly, O God, with our shortcomings, with our fears. Lord, recognizing we are living in uncertain times, but yet at the same time, Lord, help us to live life, O God, like we are people of hope, O God. Because of your Son, Jesus, Lord, we have hope, O God. And Lord, in this season, O God, help us not to allow the silent killer, O God, to be right at our at our footsteps, at our doorsteps. But Lord, we will allow the hope giver, Jesus, to walk into our room. Help us, O God, to magnify faith in this season, O God. And Lord, we just want to proclaim your goodness, O God, over our lives. The Lord, truly, you have been so, so good to us, O God, that you are Lord over our lives, Lord over our family, O God. And Lord, we want to declare you have the final say in our lives, O God. And so, Lord, we want to declare, O God, there is power in your resurrection, there is power in your name. At the mention of your name, O God, the Lord, fear will vanish and hope will flourish, O God. And Lord, in this time as well, Lord, we want to bring before all those who are infected, O God, with COVID-19 into your hands. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you would extend your healing power, O God, right across and just flow across every single hospital ward, O God. We ask, O God, for your divine intervention, O God, and that, Lord, you will hear us from heaven. Lord, we pray that you will protect every frontliner as well, O God, that, Lord, you would continue to grant them strength as they do their utmost best, O God, to curb, O God, this pandemic, O God. And, Lord, we pray for the rest of us here. Help us, O God, to radiate hope. Help us, O God, to make hope contagious in this season and allow you, Jesus, to walk into our rooms, to walk into our households and give us hope. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We ask, O God, that you bless us and you keep us. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. 
Amen.